Please let us stand up and pray as we hear the word. Just ask that the Lord will speak to you today. You know, let it not be that you're, it's me you're hearing or speaking. That is God that will speak to you. Ask that you will take away something that will bless your life in this work. Father, Lord, even as we are about to hear your word, Father, I pray that you use me to speak your word. What your people want, you want them to hear, Father, Lord, I pray that they will hear it. They won't hear my voice, but they will hear your voice. Please, I pray as people have come, they will take something out that will bless their lives. Thank you, Father, for in Jesus' mighty name we are prayed. Amen. Please, you may have your seats. Hallelujah. You may have your seats. It's good to be here, and it's a privilege to share God's words with you. And uh, one thing we're going to share is something that is on our day-to-day lives. Okay? And I'll start by having a slide put up there. Just, Sister Joy, if you can just put the first slide for me. And tell me what you see. What do you see? What do you see? A kitten and a lion, yes? More, more details? What do you see? Imagining more. Okay, that's the perception. Who's imagining more? The kitten, isn't it? All right? That's the perception of the kitchen that is looking at himself as a lion. And then you can also be looking at the kitten or cat and say, this foolish kitten. How can you be looking at a mirror and thinking of that? Okay? So it's all about perceiving. It's all about perception. So the word I have to share with you today is godly perception. Godly perception. Praise the Lord. And our text is reading from Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 17. And I'll read. When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah, and others Jeremiah, or one of the prophets. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon, by Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but the Father who is in heaven. Praise the Lord. Okay? Praise the Lord. That's a common chapter and that's a common anchor verse we're going to use today. Okay? Now, in my normal fashion, what do you mean by perception? Okay? Some people might look at it and say, oh, it's a big word. What do you mean by perception? Okay? It's a word that talks about observation, a concept, how you look at things, isn't it? But it comes from a translated verb, which is to perceive. Are we together? And to perceive means to attain awareness or understanding. Are we together? Okay? Or to regard something as, or to perceive as something. To become aware through the senses. Praise the Lord. So you have to do a lot of observation. You have to have a lot of awareness. You have to have some amount of understanding for you to be able to have a perception. Now, there are certain words also that can be used in lieu of perception. Okay? It can be discernment. Okay? Insight. Okay? Or even wisdom. Into insight into something, discernment into something. Those are words that interchangeably be used for perception. Now, there's a phrase someone said, and I just put it up there for us to be able to see. It says, perception does not determine reality. 
So let's put that together. Perception does not determine reality. That's why it's a perception, isn't it? But perception sets in motion how we are going to think about, speak into, or towards a situation. Okay? So perception is not reality, but it sets us into motion how we're going to approach certain things. Are we together? Are we together? Do we get the understanding of that? Okay? Now, in this life, there are two types of perceptions. We have the human perception, and we have the godly perception. Okay? Now, we'll take them one by one, because I'm taking somewhere, I'm going to take you one by one, and I'll make comparison with the scriptures. Okay? And the human perception is based on our five senses. Easily. Sight, hearing, smell, taste, and touch. Are we together? Now, sight is a common one. All of us sometimes, when we're getting married, we had a, a speck, isn't it? I want a tall, dark, handsome man. Ladies, isn't it? And sometimes the men will say, oh, I want somebody that is beautiful, light, complexion. And he had, especially because you're seeing with your eyes. But is that the reality? Is that what you really got? Praise the Lord. Things have changed. Maybe somebody wanted somebody with full hair. The hair has gone. Somebody wanted somebody with six packs, and maybe the tummy has come out, isn't it? So perception is not the reality. Okay? But we sometimes we work with sight. And even how we treat human beings. I can remember several years back, I was working in the bank. And people that work in bank they used to wear ties, good suits, looking good, isn't it? And I was there working in treasury. And a customer had his uh, investment. He was working ExxonMobil then. ExxonMobil, one of the oil and gas companies. And uh, he had an issue with his transaction. And he almost had a deposit of around, if I, put it, if I converted then, it should be almost like 40,000 reals, fixed deposit. So here I was with a suit, coming down to meet a customer. And I was looking for the customer. I was looking for who is maybe wearing a big uh, Agbada Nigerian attire or wearing a suit. And they said, where is uh, Mr. Soso and so? And the guy stood up. He was wearing sneakers, jeans, and a T-shirt. He was an engineer, but he had that amount of money fixed in his account in those days. I just looked at him. I said, wow. I said, this is a banking job. I have to stop it. <laughs> Immediately, within one year, I resigned, and I went back to oil and gas. Praise the Lord. But what am I talking about? Perception. You, you have never known that he had that kind of amount of money in his account. You can pass him on the way. But we are wired to have that perception of what we see. But what does the Bible say? In 1 Peter 3, 3-4, it says, Do not let your adornment be merely outward, arranging the hair, wearing gold, or putting on fine apparel. Rather, let it be hidden person of the heart, with the incorruptible beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of the Lord. But we judge people based on what we see. But here it's saying it shouldn't be about the outward. It should be about the inside. And if God is saying we should be able to about the inside, we should also be able to look more deeper into the situation. We have people that will come to church. Maybe they're wearing something that is not too convenient. Maybe his trousers are sagging or something else. He's not well-dressed. How do we interact with those people? What perception do you have with those, those people? God says you have to look deeper than that. Okay? Sometimes also it's the attitude. 
People can perceive things based on people's attitude, isn't it? All right? And the person can come out as different ways. How he acts, how he behaves will form a perception about him. Isn't it? But sometimes we don't look at what makes that person act that way. Are we together? But because that's what we see. All right? Mark 12, 30-31 says, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. This is the first commandment. And the second like is this. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. There is no other commandment greater than that. That is the attitude that God wants us to have. Regardless of a person's attitude. Another thing also, based on sight, is person's action. Does a person have integrity? There are some people that perpetually will come late. Am I correct? They might come 15 minutes late, and it's already perceived that uh, I'm inviting this person, he's going to come late. Isn't it? And you're known for that. There's some people that are already known that they will never say the truth. Am I correct? That's already formed as a perception about the person. But you have not gone down deeper to know what is causing the person to do that way. But that's the perception we are given. Sometimes it might be right, sometimes it might be wrong. Okay? But in our actions, what does the Bible say? In Galatians 5, 22 to 24, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, and gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. And those who are Christ have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. Those are the actions we're supposed to have. Praise the Lord. Okay? C.S. Lewis said something. When you see and what you hear depends a great deal where you are standing. It also depends on what sort of person you are. It depends on what sort of person I am that will determine what I see or what I hear. And depending on where I'm standing from. I can be standing from the pulpit. And I'm looking at you from the pulpit. But you can be sitting out there and looking at me and you're seeing a totally different picture altogether. That's what they say. The person that wears the shoes knows where he paints the most, isn't it? Are we together? So that's it. Sight. We have talked about sight. Hearing. All right? That's the second thing that forms perception. Sometimes we're built out of what we have heard. That's why you start hearing things about stereotype. No child is raised as a, as a racist. Am I correct? No child in the world is raised as a racist. Then why do we have racist? racism? It's because people have been taught of what to believe. Some can be true. Some cannot be true. Are we together? Like, I'll, I'll give you examples. Something that is, uh, maybe if you go to Nigeria, they will say people from the southeast are very business savvy, isn't it? The businessmen, they're like Jews. Maybe India, I think, is uh, Gujaratis. Am I correct? If I'm not mistaken. Gujaratis are businessmen. And uh, Kerala, Brother Joji, I think, yeah. They're known to be business people, business savvy. That's a perception. But it's built out of something. But a lot of times, we build perception of what we hear. Even what we hear about certain people. It might be true, it might not be true. But we use the same paintbrush and paint everybody across that. Sometimes it's negative things. Okay? Now, I'll give an example. In Acts 10, 13 to 16, a voice came to him and said, Rise, Peter, kill and eat. But Peter said, Not so, Lord, for I have never eaten anything common or unclean. 
And a voice spoke to him again the second time. What God has cleansed, you must not call common. This was done three times. And the object was taken up into heaven again. Peter grew up that it was unclean. That was his perception. He didn't know anything better. And that's why it's important. We need to guard what goes into our ears. Because if we don't do that, we might end up with the wrong human perception about someone. Are we together? It's very, very important. God has given us the good senses, but it's for certain things. Perception will cause us to be in trouble, especially in the body of Christ. Are we together? In Proverbs 23, 7, it says, For as he thinks in his heart, so he is. All right? So let's be careful about what we hear. Smell. Yes. Good fragrance. Someone is smelling good. Are we together? Someone is not smelling good. You think, what the first, oh, he has not had his bath. Am I correct? That's the first thing people come to. Not knowing he might have a medical problem. I'll tell you an interesting story. You might laugh. In August, we were, tr- we were traveling on vacation, and uh, the seat we were was a little bit tight. My son and I, and uh, we asked the cabin crew, please, is there any exit seat that we can rest our, our legs? And there was one. So they said, oh, dad, we'll give it to you. Then I went there, I was feeling wrong. I said, but my son has the same problem. So I called, I said, my son, I said, please, there's an empty one. I want my son to come there. Then the guy was very magnanimous. He said, okay, your son can join. So we thought we were going to have a very comfortable flight. Leg room. We left my wife and my little one behind a bit. and They were, they were okay, you know, but they, because they knew we had this issue of uh, long legs. So we sat down, and uh, the plane took off. Next thing, the atmosphere changed in the plane. You know, it wasn't smelling very well. And I turned around, and I looked at my son. And I said, he said, he did, he did his head like this, you know. And we continued flying, and then the second wave came. I turned around, I looked at my son, I looked at him, then he did, you know, the third person on the flight. And that was a terrible flight going. At first, my perception, I said, what kind of uncouth human being is sitting here with us? You know, I was a little bit livid. But later on, I just relaxed. And I said, maybe he had a bad dinner. Or he had a bad breakfast. That's just what could happen. Because I don't think his right mind or his right sense of mind in an aircraft. But maybe he was having medical challenges. And I put myself in his shoe. You understand what I'm saying? And that's what made the flight a little bit bearable. To the noises, it wasn't bearable. But at least in my mind, it was bearable. So you can also see what I'm talking about. Even a smell, okay, can give us a perception about people. Are we together? So we need to be careful. Okay? There's different things. There's different things. If sometimes some of this wood that you have, let's say you spray wood, isn't it? If you go to other parts of the world, you don't have it. So if you enter a house that has the wood fragrance, you will think, okay, this is somebody coming from the Middle East. Am I correct? And it's normal. It's normal. We can form perceptions out of that. Tasting. I don't need to tell you so much about tasting. All of us have foods and we have foods that we don't like. In Exodus 15, 22 to 26. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea. 
Then they went out into the wilderness of Shur. Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. Now when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Marah, for they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. And the people complained against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? So he cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a tree. When he cast it into the waters, the waters were made sweet. Okay? And it's all perception about food. Sometimes I wonder how God created us. And someone will say there's no God. He created us so way that our taste buds are different. That water was bitter for them. And I think it was bitter for all of them. But nowadays, you see someone say, I don't take biryani, I don't like the taste. Okay? Or someone will come and say, oh, I don't like potatoes because they taste something else. And there's a perception, I'm not going to touch it. Who is here that eats everything? Ah, of course. I didn't, I didn't expect to see everybody's hand. Because there's something that you might not like. Some people that may be in Nigeria, there might be something that is draw, they don't like it because it's drawing. Isn't it? There are some people that don't like things that are sour. I have my own that people look at me and they say, why? What is it? I can have NG for say laughing. I don't take cheese. Is it wrong? No. But someone will just perceive and say, oh, why is he not taking cheese? Is it a medical issue? No. But I just, the taste just doesn't do anything to me. Of course, then there are some things that people are forced not to take because of allergy. Seafood, different things. Nowadays, the allergy is just getting more and more by the day. I don't know what's happening. Maybe it's the, it's the food that we're eating. I'm not too sure. You know, in those days, um, there was no issue of allergy. And in those days, sometimes you're coming from where I'm coming from. There was no option. You eat everything you're given. If you don't eat, you will sleep hungry. I've had examples I was growing up. I didn't like what was being served. and uh, I slept hungry that day. Nowadays, we have liberty to choose, isn't it? Praise the Lord. We thank God for that. Okay? Now, touch. How can you say touch? Okay? We'll give you a perception. Brother Sam, please come. Brother Sam, please come. I'm putting him on the spot. I like him. He's, a, he's, a, he's the number one man. He's in charge of men's ministry. Praise the Lord. So Brother Sam is here. And he wanted to do something. Let me shake. Let me just shake him. Okay? Can you see that handshake? It's firm. And from that firm handshake, I can tell you, Brother Sam is very confident. He's a confident person. All right? There's another one that you can see. I'll give him, he'll shake my hand like this. It's someone that is afraid. He's not confident in himself. There's a way I also shake Brother Sam, and I'll hold it. Shows a bit of warmness. Are we together? I begin to see how people can make perceptions even by just touching someone. Okay? Another one also, I can also say about the sham, San, and show him I'm the boss. My hand is on top of his. Are we together? And then there are other people also that you want to shake them, and they'll shake you from far. Don't come into my space. <laughs> Am I correct? Have you made that kind of thing? Don't come into my space. And sometimes that kind of handshake also is also with royalty. Okay? If I go to see Sultan Haitham now, I won't, and he gives me his hand, I won't come close. If I come close, I'm sure they'll put, even before he even pushes me, the bodyguard will push me. You know what I'm saying? I, I get it. So even with a touch, 
you can perceive. People can create a perception about you. Thank you, Pastor Musanke. And it's very, very important. When my son was growing up, he had a weak handshake. And I said, I said, no, 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 we have to correct this. I need you to be confident. And so we started to exercise, father and son exercise. We shake hands, we squeeze each other, and I was always squeezing his hand, very easy, because I was stronger. Now I'm sad to say that it's almost getting to the reverse. It's a struggle now for me to squeeze his hands. He's busy squeezing my hands very tight, you know. But as he has grown now, he gives you a shake, he gives you a, a strong, firm shake, a confident shake. And that's what I wanted. That's what, because I want him to be able to come out as someone that is confident. Okay? So even with a touch, people can perceive the different things. Let's go back to the Bible, and we'll also look at it. What happened with Jesus Christ? Okay? With Jesus Christ also. Okay? And it so happened. And Jesus said in Luke 8, 46, but Jesus said, someone touched me, for I perceive power going out from me. That was the lady that touched him, isn't it? And power went out from him. So even with a touch, it can form a perception about you. Okay? So now, I have looked about the human perception. And I'm doing this for us to be able to look into the godly aspects of it. Okay? As a foundation. Now, the godly aspect, okay? Number one is to be able to make a spiritual distinction within the spirit. For us to be able to see things that are behind the scene. I mentioned the five senses, what we can see. But what is behind the scene, can we see? It's talking about having a spiritual eyesight. And that's what Christians can have. Now, why do we need a godly perception? Why do we have an inner eyesight? It helps us to move on in life. And number one, how do you get that godly perception? Number one, the Holy Spirit. Are we together? If you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, I asked you, and you're a Christian, you're born again Christian, ask the Lord to fill you with the Holy Spirit. That is the way you have the right perception of things. And I'll read a, a passage. Go home, write this passage down, and go, go through it over and over again. 1 Corinthians 2, 12 to 14. Now, we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit who is from God, that we may know the things that have been freely given to us by God. Verse 13, these things we also speak, not in words, which man's wisdom teaches us, but which the Holy Spirit teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But natural man does not receive the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness to him. Nor can he know them, because they are spiritually discerned. The Holy Spirit speaks to our heart in every situation. You might look at that person that does not dress very well, but the Holy Spirit will tell you there's more behind that person. Are we together? You might see that situation, but the Lord will tell you there's something more behind that, that situation. Sometimes people call it the sixth sense, isn't it? The human beings will call it the sixth sense that, oh, I had an intuition. But we as Christians know it's the Holy Spirit that's working inside us. And if your spirit is right, you will get the right decisions. You will get the right outcome. Are we together? If your spirit is right with God, you will get the right outcome. 
It lets us know. That's why God said, I was doing the Trinity with my uh, discipleship class uh, um, on Wednesday. And when God was going, he said, I'm not leaving you without someone. Isn't it? And that is freely given to us. To be able to make the right decisions. Wisdom, number two. Based on what the Holy Spirit tells us, the wisdom helps us to make the right decision, right or wrong. For you to be able to make that decision, to be able to make out that call that you need to. The Holy Spirit might reveal things to you, but he might refuse. Am I correct? He might tell you. But you need wisdom to be able to apply it in everything. We need to be able to apply it to everything. If you don't have wisdom, the Bible says you should ask for it and God will give it to you freely. The worst thing that can happen, the tragedy I see is when the Holy Spirit has spoken to you and then you refuse to take act on it. That to me is a tragedy. Because you have a solution and you have refused to act on the solution. Now, all these things we're talking about is based on those senses that God has given us human senses. Those five senses, if we bring them under the subjection of the Holy Spirit, are we together? You'll be able to make the right decision and you'll be able to apply yourself. The third point is a mindset. We need to renew our minds. We need to renew our minds. I, talked, I, I spoke about what we hear that has formed our perception about certain things. In Philippians 4.8, this is what the Bible tells us. Finally, brethren, whatever are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. Think good of everyone. That is what is missing. Think good of everyone. As a leader, whether in church or whether in the secular, you need to think good about everyone. Your spouses, think good about them. The young ones that are growing up in the church, think good about them. People might have their failings in life. They might have their shortcomings. But we cannot be judgmental, especially when you're on this platform, when you're on this level, when you're, when you're higher than somebody else. You have to think good about them. Husbands, think good about your wives. Think good about your children. Think good about your colleagues. That's the correct mindset. I can remember something happened in my office. There was issue, one of the project managers' colleague was talking about it, and one of the other managers said, no, this guy likes backbiting, this is an issue. And I came out and I said, well, no, I don't think so. I've dealt with him one-on-one, and for me, he's good. And he said, well, it will be your own pain. Fast forward, six months down, eight months down the line, I was dealing with this guy. And next thing, I got a notification that somebody wants to audit my team that we're not delivering. Apparently, this person had gone to complain to the MD 
that is having issues with my environment. And he, he painted a very, very, very dire picture to the managing director. And I got to know about it. And for me, it's easy. Once I'm on the side of truth, there's nothing. And confident, I walked directly to the MD. I said, I heard this is what's happening. The MD said, yes, 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 yes. And I said, well, this is this, this, this. You know the, you know the issue. Anybody that comes back and tells you anything, forget it. You and I know the issue. The MD said, no problem. I know. It's a resource problem. You don't have manpower. We're trying to recruit. They said, nobody should come and paint my department black when it's a resource issue. So he said, not a problem. And I walked back. But then it came back to me what my colleague was saying about this person. But then the thing is for me, because someone says something to me does not mean I'm going to hold it. Okay? That is his perception. But it has occurred to me right now, that means I have to be wise in how I deal with him in future, isn't it? But I didn't think bad about him because somebody said something. I only thought good about him. It will only be based, my evaluation will be based on my own experience. We come from multiple places, but we need to have the right mindset. Think good about everybody. We cannot speak alike. We cannot act alike. We cannot come from the same denomination. We cannot be on the same spiritual level. But we need to think good about people. Praise the Lord. Even Saul and David and Goliath, Saul did not think good about David. But David conquered. Now, I'm getting towards the ending. But what, I have food for thought for you. I have food for thought for you. So those are three points to take away, which I call them food for thought. They were talking about godly perception. Number one, number one, what is God's perception of you? When I say food for thought, I want you to think, what is God's perception of you? 1 Peter 2.9 says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Can you really say that? But that's God's perception of you. Jeremiah 29.11 For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace, and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. I'm just giving a couple of things because there are more of them. But ultimately, at the baptism, Matthew 3, 17 says, And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved son with whom I am well pleased. That was God declaring. Is that God's perception about you? Think, please. Think, I want you to really, really think about that. What is God's perception of you? Number two. And it's the reverse. What's your perception of God? <laughs> what is your perception of God? What do you think God to be? How do you perceive God? Usually in life, there are two camps in this, in this perception of God. We have the Old Testament people that God thinks that God is a God of thunder and fire. He will deal with you. If you don't keep the Ten Commandments, you're going to die. You're not going to go to heaven. Come to the New Testament. I call it New Testament people. That they think of God as love, mercy, 
and gracious. Now, don't get me wrong. There has to be a balance. Because as the God has a consuming fire, he's also love. Are we together? But sometimes you see people holding on to different parts of the Bible more than the other. But it has to be balanced. And it's very important how you perceive God. It's how you perceive God you will go to him. If you go to God as someone that is going to be whipping you, you will go very, very scared. If you go to God as a father, you will go as a son. You know what I'm saying? So how is your perception of God is very, very important. I know how I perceive God. Personally, I look at God as my father. Other things coming, yes, you can look at him, different interpretations, but I look at God as my father. Anything I can go and tell him, anything I can go and approach him. But you might be a different thing. But you should have a balanced approach. Don't be like the Pharisees and Sadducees and hold on to this one and forget this one. The perception sets the parameters of your relationship with you. Okay? Uh, at this point, I'll, I'll go to the third one. Which is, what is your perception of yourself? At this point, I would like to call the NG4C to minister to us. Just come and come to the stage. What is your perception of yourself? How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive yourself? When you're at home and God gives you a word in season. Jonah, join them, everybody, just come in. How do you perceive yourself? How do you perceive yourself? How do you look at yourself? What is the honest position we are between you and God? Are we together? Have I sinned before God? Am I in an okay relationship with God? What does God say about me? Who does God say I am? There's a song that I feel that it will outline some of those questions that if they're still nagging in your mind. And I'll ask the NG4C to sing that. We'll sing that song and after that we'll I'll wrap up and maybe call pastor to come and come pray. Hallelujah. Okay. In Galatians chapter 3 and 4, it speaks that we are known by God, that we are his children, and we are no longer slaves, but God's children. And it says in Ephesians 1.11, in him also we have received an inheritance, a destiny we were claimed by God as his own, having been predestined, chosen, appointed beforehand, according to the purpose of him who works everything in agreement with the counsel and design of his will. Hallelujah. The chapter also speaks of who we are, that we are chosen, we are redeemed, we are forgiven, we are chosen beforehand. Hallelujah. Let's just sing this song, Who Am I That the Highest Can Welcome Me? He knows me. He knew me before I was formed. Let's just arise and just join our hearts as we sing unto the Lord, that Lord, I know that you have set me free. And the one who has set me free, I am free indeed. Hallelujah. Who am I that the highest? Who 
God, right now we speak deliverance, we speak freedom into anyone, Father God, who is into any kind of chain or bondage, Father God. Lord, who you have set free is free indeed. In Jesus' name, we speak deliverance, freedom, right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father, for delivering us. Thank you, Father God, that you know us by name. Thank you, Father God, every day of our life is written in your books before any one of them came to be. Father God, we bless your name, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Angie, for seat. Please, that should be your perception about yourself. You're a child of God. And if you're not a child of God, please, I urge you, give your life to Christ. Make it right way with God. That's the only way we're going to be able to have a godly perception. We'll only be able to have a view of what you are. You're chosen. You're not forsaken. It comes with responsibilities. And for you, there's a place that has been kept for you. If you're a child of God. That's the perception I'm talking about. God bless you. Even as we remain standing, let's just think back on what we have heard over the last 40 minutes or so. What is your perception of yourself? I'm starting with the third question. We know what God's perception of us is. We don't need to question him on that. He created us. Question is really, what is my perception of myself? Do I look at myself as a nobody? Do I look at myself as a failure? Do I look at myself as somebody who is in bondage? Do I look at myself as worthless? Or can I turn it around and say, I am the son of a king. I am God's chosen person. Can you say that to yourself? Truthfully, who do you think you are? Can you say that you are God's chosen individual? Declare it. Believe it. Believe that you are the son, the daughter of the creator king. God has engraved us in the palm of his hands. Let's do nothing to diminish our position in God's kingdom. You are not a nobody. 
If that's your perception, change it. Just talk to God right now and let's just say, God, I choose today, this moment, I choose to be who I am meant to be that you have made me to be. Father God, we just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father, for opening our eyes right now, Lord Father. Father, so many of us and so very often, Lord Father, we are burdened or we carry burdens which we don't have to. And we think of ourselves as nobodies. But Father God, that's not who you said we are. You did not die on the cross for us to remain nobodies. You have given us life. You have said that we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a peculiar people. Yes, Lord, it is you who has chosen us. It is you who has given us that position, Lord Father. Father God, today we commit ourselves. Father God, we say, Lord, that today onwards, we will not say that we are of no consequence. You have kept us here for a purpose, for a reason, and we will fulfill that purpose and that reason. Father God, continue to talk to us, Lord. Continue to Build us up, Lord Father. Continue, Lord Father, to give us that mindset, Lord Father, where we start thinking like you, Lord Father. How would you want us to deal with situations? How would you want us to deal with people? How would you want us to deal with ourselves? Father, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father, that you have chosen to speak to us this day on how we need to look at ourselves. Thank you, Father God. Father God, we are no longer unsaved sinners. We are saved saints. And we are in your hands, Lord Father. Continue to make us and mold us into that person you want us to be, Lord Father. Thank you, Father, for using your servant, Lord Father, to minister unto us this day, Lord Father, and to bring these words of life into our life, Lord Father. We pray, Lord, that you will continue, Lord, to anoint him, that you will bless him and his family, Lord Father, that they shall continue to be a blessing unto every one of us, Lord. Father, we thank you, and we surrender ourselves into your hands. Each one of us, Lord Father, we pray, Lord, that you will help us to stand tall in a world of fallen people, Lord Father. We give all glory to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's share the grace, church. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us now and forevermore. Amen. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you as you move out and fellowship. Newcomers, we would still like to meet with you. Few minutes.
just outside this front door.